You know, for centuries, the ultra-wealthy have been putting their money where their mouths are by investing in fine wine. And now, with Vint, you can do that too. At Vint, we offer SEC-qualified investment opportunities of fine wine and spirits curated by our experts with portfolio managers. With Vint, you can invest and diversify into the most sought-after assets that have a history of price appreciation. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another edition of Around the Coin. My name is Faisal Khan. This is our new series of individual interviews we do with fintech startups. Today, we have with us Konstantin Firon, founder and CEO of Card from St. Petersburg. Hi. Hi, Faisal. Okay, Konstantin. So... Um, Welcome to the show and tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you got started with your career and what brought you to YC Card? Thanks. Uh, so I graduated St. Petersburg State University of Information Technology, Mechanics and Optics. I was uh, studying uh, on right on Department uh, of Computer Sciences uh, and my fellow students um, are six time world champions in uh, ACM contest. So it's uh, the most prominent um, contest in uh, programming all over the world. Um, and I was pretty lucky to study with uh, these guys by the same uh, tutors. And it, may, it made me really, really big impact on my uh, career and my knowledge of uh, computer science and uh, other technologies. So uh, right now I'm an undergraduate. Uh, I, sorry, um, I'm a post. I'm a graduate student at Saint Petersburg State University. I'm uh, doing my research on uh, distributed computing on mobile devices, um, and it is somehow related to voice card because we are aiming to uh, bring uh, distributed computing for financial uh, for. Finance technology. Uh, sorry, Faisal. If you if you feel that I should re-record what I'm saying, just mm, 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 mm. that's good. Keep okay. going. That's okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm uh, doing research on distributed computing on mobile devices uh, with uh, connection to speech technologies for enabling uh, voice recognition right on device without internet access. Uh, and all this stuff. Uh, so uh, I was in uh, speech technologies for almost six years, um, and what it was uh, my starting point uh, in my career. And the last year, I uh, felt that uh, I should start with financial technologies too, because uh, fintech and uh, voice and speech technologies there should be 
uh, connected with with each other because both of them uh, bring uh, next big thing in my opinion. That's why I have started Voicecard with my uh, partners, um, and um, we're doing, I suppose, the right thing with uh, connecting, cutting the cutting edge technology with uh, speech technologies which were used. Uh, Till now, only for special purposes, quite forensics, mm. and we feel that it should be um, used for everyday life by average user, not for use only by government, like it was till now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I couldn't help but notice you mentioned, you know, distributed computing on the mobile phone. What does that mean exactly? Well, that means that uh, mobile phones can. You know, connect with each other for mesh networks to provide each other uh, computing resources without access to internet. For example, when you have a crowded space with a lot of people, uh, you have pretty bad internet connection due, due to the density of mm-hmm. uh, these devices. Uh, but you still need some uh, features which are provided by cloud computing like speech recognition or voice recognition, like in our case. And uh, what I have done in my research was um, combining uh, computing power of uh, several Android devices with with each other for these uh, tasks for enabling uh, speech and voice recognition uh, near real time uh, without uh, internet access to, without internet access. Um, and um, this basic technology has a connection with uh, blockchain too, because I have researched blockchain very thoroughly during my uh, research work at university. And I had found that blockchain uh, is really interesting piece of technology for using in everyday life for fintech, um, not for cryptocurrency, but for everyday life problems like transmitting money, uh, like um, distributed ledger. Uh, because I have, uh, like uh, many others, see difference between cryptocurrency and blockchain. So that's why I'm interested in uh, blockchain-like technology, and I'm not interested in uh, cryptocurrency like uh, like a product. Okay, uh, so yeah, I, I guess we can all sort of understand that you know Bitcoin itself is perhaps not gaining as much traction as the blockchain is because I think that's where the real power of Bitcoin lies, and everyone's more interested in what the blockchain can do for them. So. Uh, what was the uh, reasoning behind starting Voicey Card? I mean, uh, what was the problem that you were trying to solve and what brought you all together? Well, um, the problem, the initial problem uh, in our, which we are trying to solve in Voicey Card is money transmitting because it's really complicated. And when I had my uh, startups, I had problem with uh, wiring money internationally and it took pretty a lot of time and a lot of effort, and uh, it was pretty expensive to send or receive money from abroad. Um, and PayPal or any other uh, payment system which uh, I know and which I have used, uh, they didn't solve for real uh, this problem because they uh, solved only 
this problem on partitionally, so uh, you can use um, money as money uh, in uh, any circumstances. But for example, when you are transferring money with PayPal, you still need uh, some time to lend them on your bank account, and it takes several days uh, in our region. So when last year uh, we were pretty um, pretty tired with a problem with how the money is transmitting and how the money business is done, uh, we saw that, you know, we can make it better with blockchain because it's really already used for these cryptocurrencies. It works pretty nice. Uh, there are some um, white papers written. There are some uh, uh, open source blockchains uh, which are better than Bitcoin blockchain and we should try to make our own um, money transport for wearing money without long waiting and uh, with no um, with no cost almost with no cost hmm. uh, so we have looked uh, first for the existing blockchain technology and we have chosen crypto node uh, blockchain technology and afterwards we thought you know it's really nice to make a solution. Uh, and we have uh, tested it out that, you know, it can be done. Uh, but afterwards we thought, well, let's make money from this uh, solution which we are trying to make for ourselves. And afterwards we have researched uh, the markets for, uh, for money transmission. Uh, who used who, who my customers has access to the banking accounts? Who doesn't? And we had a conclusion that the banking uh, is 20th century old technology. I mean that um, there are not many uh, overall in the world people with uh, access to banking, hmm. but there are a lot of people with access to telcos. Mm. who have uh, their feature phones or even smartphones. And basically, the billing account in telco uh, does the same thing like your account in bank, with the only difference that there is still no financial products and services by a majority of telcos. Mm. Or even if there are some financial services and products by telcos like M-Pesa or one. 161 different money mission um, programs by telcos in Africa, Latin America, Europe, and Asia interconnected, uh, which are with each other. We have concluded there is a market opportunity for us to push our solution to telcos and to connect uh, for world population with each other just to make money to each other uh, as easy like saying SMS or what it's like it's really popular now almost without any hassle um, because uh, telcos have um, right information for compliance knowing their customers like banks do but they still didn't make any real effort in uh, financial technologies and that's why we have started voice card like uh, telcos. Okay, Constantine, so explain to me exactly what voice card does. Assume I know nothing about payments, so, you know, 
explain it to me? What what is it all about? What is it solving, and how does it work? Sure. So let's imagine that we have uh, different telcos in different countries, like in Russia, where mm-hmm. our development team is located right now, mm-hmm. and Israel, where we have uh, one of our offices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in Russia, we have one telco with one billing, and imagine that I'm sitting in St. Petersburg, Russia, trying to send money to Tel Aviv in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now I have different options going to bank or using PayPal or a, a similar payment pro- processing uh, uh, payment system. But with VoiceCard, we're connecting uh, billings of different uh, telcos in one distributed ledger. So uh, technically we're installing our middleware uh, in data center of um, Telco, which connects with billing account with billing system of uh, Telco, and uh, it tracks uh, when and um, customer subscriber wants to send, for example, uh, one hundred dollars to another subscriber, which can be subscriber of different Telco, which is located in Australia or from Russia to Australia, for example. So, are you are you saying that you're actually uh, interacting with the balance of a user uh, that they have with the with the telco. Yeah, absolutely correctly. Uh, we're dealing with uh, money which are already uh, written in a billing system of uh, telco for mm-hmm. each customer subscriber. So uh, when um, this subscriber wants to send money, he just uh, chooses. Uh, types in uh, amount uh, which uh, he would like to send in uh, our application or it we- or in web interface mm-hmm. or with IVR which we're developing for feature phones and um, it's really simple like sending SMS uh, because we are uh, we are identifying our subscribers using voice biometrics for fraud prevention mm-hmm. uh, when a subscriber types in from his future phone or smartphone amount of money he would like to transfer we uh, authenticate him uh, with his voice which is all pre-recorded uh, to our system mm-hmm. and to make difference to other systems uh, in banking, for example, which use voice recognition, uh, we're using voice recognition with dynamic passwords. So uh, literally, subscriber uh, doesn't need to uh, memorize a voice password. Uh, he or she just need to uh, repeat after uh, headset, uh, feature phone or uh, computer in terms of web interface uh, the recording, uh, which was um, uh, pronounced by com- by computer, so I uh, may be uh, describing it's really complicated. Uh, but uh, the thing is, uh, the subscriber uh, is uh, using our voice biometrics technology, uh, like uh, voice capture. So. So it's uh, it's basically the voice is the passport as well as the password. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we uh, verify our subscribers, mm-hmm. and 
in the near future, we can identify them too when they're just walking to the retail store. It's just uh, part of our long-term plan uh, to enable um, our payments and the voice authorization in retail, uh, meaning offline, mm-hmm. when a subscriber walks into uh, Starbucks or a retail store and uses nothing else but his voice for uh, verifying and making a money transfer. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, how is okay? So, let's take the example of Saint Petersburg, Russia, to sending money to Tel Aviv, Israel. How does the actual transfer work? If I have a balance in in Saint Petersburg and I know the telephone number of, let's say, my friend in in Tel Aviv, how does the money actually get transferred? Well, yeah, money are transferred instantly from uh, one building to another uh, using our distributed uh, ledger, our blockchain, uh, which connects uh, these buildings of two different uh, telcos. Um, so, there. So, message- what, so, so may, maybe I should re-ask the question: Why would the two telcos agree to settle money? What what makes it so? What hap- How does it work? Well, we provide a secure connection between mm-hmm. these buildings. Uh, we uh, can show that money cannot be lost in transmission, or they cannot be lost from, or they cannot be stolen from a subscriber billing account thanks to voice biometrics. Mm-hmm. And we're showing that we have a secure connection between these two billings of two telcos, which are located in different countries. And we're showing that uh, message which shows how much money was transferred from uh, one subscriber to another uh, is sent instantly uh, in terms of seconds. So so is it mm -hmm. correct that you're using the the telco arrangement that they have with other telcos to settle voice minute and the values associated with it? Is that the mechanism you're using to transfer money? Uh, we're using uh, real currency. For example, when we are transferring money from Russia, uh, our subscriber can choose uh, the currency he would like to send. He can choose rubles, mm-hmm. uh, USD, or shekels, which are in mm-hmm. Israel, and he can choose uh, where the money um, exchange will occur. So if he chooses USD, which is internationally uh, like a standard for money transfer, uh, the USD will come to his uh, recipient uh, in Israel and USD will be converted to shekels on uh, on the side of Israeli telco. So we're not sending minutes or any commodity between uh, telcos, we're just uh, transferring money uh, in terms of uh, local currency or USD. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll include euro because it's becoming uh, world uh, standard like mm-hmm. dollar too. Mm-hmm. So it is imperative that both the telcos be using your solution, correct? Yeah, correctly. Okay. And, and what you're taking advantage is simply the ledger position of one telco, which you integrate with, uh, which already settles with the other telco and are doing a ledger transfer. Yeah, absolutely. So money from billing to billing uh, transferred immediately and afterwards uh, periodically 
uh, on daily basis or on weekly basis, um, we have a bank transfer between these two telcos. Mm-hmm. And well, that's that's dependent on the credit line and how they settle. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, for example, when we have uh, several thousand different money transfers between subscribers of two different telcos, uh, all these tra- transactions can be packed in one bank transfer. Hmm. Uh, because hmm. yeah, um, yeah, they will aggregate the payments. Yeah, yeah, it will be aggregated, and hmm. uh, these telcos will see uh, which one owes another. Hmm. And and uh, so, is it correct to assume that when you receive the money in 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 Tel Aviv, the money is actually sitting in a in a voicey card wallet? Uh, they are sitting in a billing of a telco uh, in Israel. Mm-hmm. And how does and, and how does one cash out then? So, uh, like usually uh, with telcos, if uh, user uh, if subscriber is uh, on contract uh, or uh, one prepaid, but uh, telco knows his identity, uh, he can come into telco office. It, of course, it depends on countries, uh, but uh, in Europe and in Russia, for example. Uh, you can come into telco office and uh, cash out your money from your billing account um, because uh, it's an uh, uh, option which uh, telcos provide for their customers in uh, many countries. Okay, so basically uh, I can go up to a, a point of sale shop or something and say, okay, listen, you are holding my balance $500 and please yep. cash out 250 Yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, Telco will take some, some yeah, fee. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, but I said what, with our calculations, what we're aiming to do, uh, this fee should be much less than uh, existing fees for Western Union or for bank transfers, of course. And uh, does Voicy Card make money on the transfer? Uh, well, we're not making money on transfers. Uh, no, on no, no, hold trans- on, stop. You said you're yeah. not making money on the transfer? Yeah, we aren't making any fee on transfers. We're selling our software solution to telcos and uh, make a support fee uh, annually from telcos. So you are selling a software solution to telcos, and I yep. understand it. It is uh, based on the same model as, let's say, the Red Hat Linux. It's a it's a solution yep. they can implement themselves if they want to, yeah, or absolutely. they can hire you to provide a support contract. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. And the transfer between telco to telco is absolutely free, and you have nothing to do in that. Yeah, absolutely. Like you didn't have to pay any fee for ICANN uh, uh, organization for accessing websites, for example. When you you have internet connection, you just browse and open websites. And we aim to make money transfer as easy like um, existing internet technologies. So is your money transfer going to be limited only for cross-border or do you plan to do more with the money that's in the wallet? Uh, well, we are aiming to start with remittances, uh, which are cross-border, and afterwards we would like to implement uh, in-country money transfers when uh, subscribers can pay to each other with their billing accounts for goods and services. Um, and um, that's a question for that's a, that's a task for our 
uh, Wallet, which uh, is a part of our software solution, mm. which is uh, integrated with a billing account uh, at tel- in Telco. So this is like a white label solution, mm. uh, which is highly customizable for Telco needs, including ready dining and integrating to existing infrastructure. Uh, I mean infrastructure like uh, data center infrastructure and uh, existing website uh, layout, for example, when uh, Telco has already uh, money service for its subscribers, we can uh, implement our features uh, in terms of uh, application or web uh, application Mm. uh, in existing uh, web services, which uh, Telco already has. Hmm. So, uh, are there any particular markets that you'll be tackling first? Any specific yeah. countries? Yeah, we have chosen uh, Mexico. Uh, first of all, we have chosen your USA for uh, like the biggest uh, remittance outflowing country. Uh, secondly, we have chosen uh, Emirates and Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. like the second uh, with outgoing remittances, and uh, on uh, recipient. Part, we have chosen Mexico, uh, we have chosen Nigeria, mm-hmm. uh, Pakistan, India, mm-hmm. and uh, smaller developing developing countries. So basically, uh, the, the 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 low hanging, high value fruits: USA sending, uh, Saudi Arabia sending, UAE sending, and then you know Nigeria, Mexico, India, Pakistan, Philippines, even. Yeah. Absolutely. This is a big market, and uh, we suppose that we can take our part, take our cut from this uh, existing big market, and it's uh, really uh, more simple uh, than going to a small market and to conquer it all. Because so, if we so have, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to understand your model, because if you're not part of the financial model, you're essentially increasing the ARPU, the average revenue per user for the telco, but yet you're not taking any part of that income stream to Voicey card. You are just content with uh, sending, uh, the, selling the support contract. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And we are aiming to uh, connect uh, majority of telcos in the world. It's our a long-term plan. Uh, to, and it's not an easy plan, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's why we're not uh, acting like money transfer uh, intermediaries which take their cut from each transfer, money transfer, because that won't make uh, it easier for us to connect all telcos. Because mm-hmm. And do you, do you have any competition in this space? I mean, there's plenty of competition in the remittance. Everyone wants to go after the low-hanging fruit, you know, the 600 and... Uh, whatever billion dollar economy per year but how do you plan to uh, what's your competition like right now well the competition is pretty uh, obvious it's uh, western union which is uh, already for 150 years on the market and they're the strongest one we have uh, some new kids on the block like transferwise which are yet only in europe mm-hmm. uh, but they're pretty interesting in uh, their business proposition um, but we are trying to aim our uh, end customers with simplicity and uh, ease of use uh, and uh, instant, instantaneous of money transfer hmm. comparing to uh, existing players on the market. Well, you know, I, I can't help but make a comment on Western Union 
Yeah, okay. it seems uh, <clears throat> everyone. Uh, you know, when you ask, you say Western Union is their competition, and I'm sure Western Union probably, you know, laughs at this thing as well because I I also feel that the incumbents like Western Union are not sitting idle. I think they have very smart people with them. They have very uh, detailed access to big data. They understand everything uh, about the uh, ecosystem, and I think Western Union, Ria, MoneyGram, etc. They will make a play. They will make a play slowly. Either they will buy you guys out, or they will make the market uh, so cheap or even free that you will not be able to compete in it. Uh, but but it's interesting how people are you know trying to uh, bite into the pie of uh, Western Union, and uh, with respect to you know like uh, transfer wise, that's a very that's a that's a very powerful name you've taken because they are really shaking things up uh, worldwide. Their model is fantastic. They've made some stellar you know stellar growth. Uh, yeah. They're accessing many many countries now. Um, uh, I think uh, it's going to be f- uh, fun to watch uh, watch you guys you know sort of tackle each other. What about expansion? Yeah, uh, I should admit that uh, competitors on this market are really, really very smart. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe too that in Western Union there are a lot of people who are already uh, playing with blockchain technology and all cutting edge uh, solutions. I mean, you already know that Western Union is already tri- yeah, yeah. trialing with yeah. Ripple. Yeah, yeah, I, I know that. Mm. And it's really, really nice, but there is a problem with uh, Western Union, like with any other big corporation. Uh, their decision-making uh, is really, really slow because it's big corporation. It's not agile. And we are aiming to agile because we are a startup. We are really small. We are just 10 people right now, mm. uh, all of them developers, including me. So uh, we are... Like, so well, well you know, I, I don't know about the agility part. I mean, you know, if you are not making a, well, if everyone combined, that means TransferWise, the world remits, you know, your company and everything else, Zoom, Remitly, etc. If everyone combined is not making a serious dent into Western Union, MoneyGrams and RIA's uh, uh, market share, they have no reason to change their business model right now. You know, they don't need to show it to you. They don't need to reduce their prices or suddenly adopt a new method because they're making money. And they don't. I don't see why one would. They may already have the solution with them. They're just not turning it on yet because they don't see you making a significant dent in their income right now. Of course, because they don't know about us, and we have just started to make our traction, hmm. uh, and we're just a new kid on the block. Uh, like in tale of uh, David and Goliath, we are just David, a uh, small one. And, but we believe in our uh, forces, in our uh, capabilities and mm-hmm. opportunities uh, that we can make real dent in existing uh, market uh, like Skype did. Mm. 15 years ago with uh, VoIP, making mm. it easy for end customers because we had VoIP technology before Skype. But there was a problem with uh, using it. It wasn't really nice and easy. And we know that TransferWise is uh, founded by guys from Skype. But yes. there was a problem with usability with TransferWise because you have you need a, a bank account for making a transfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really problematic for developing countries where there are a lot of unbanked 
uh, people. And if but everyone's we, got a phone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's <laughs> why we have chosen. So, uh, uh, how big is your team? And I, I know you said you're based in Saint Petersburg. Are you planning to uh, expand, hire more people, open other offices? Yeah, we are based in Saint Petersburg. Our development team, uh, because in Saint Petersburg there is a really good school mm-hmm. uh, in computer science, uh, and uh, we have office in uh, Israel, which mm-hmm. is. Uh, Right now is business development office, mm-hmm. and um, uh, basically uh, our co-founder who is uh, doing business development, he's uh, uh, traveling from Saint Petersburg to Israel to Europe to USA, uh, have negotiations with uh, potential partners uh, among uh, VoIP companies or telcos. Uh, to just pitch what we are doing, and we had uh, in previous months a lot of meetings, a lot of conference calls with uh, these uh, potential partners, and we are looking forward uh, to bring them uh, on our platform uh, to make them um, users of Voicey Card, mm-hmm. and afterwards we plan to open office in the USA because we have a really. Uh, good opportunities uh, in Silicon Valley because we have found uh, people who share our opinion on uh, making money transfers and financial products uh, which are competing with banking uh, just using uh, with help of telcos and we know that Silicon Valley is just essence of uh, creativity and technology. In For sure, of- yeah. yeah. So I, I, it's interesting you mentioned you are talking to VOIP companies. Why would you be talking to VOIP companies? Because of the same settlement arrangement that they have with telcos? Uh, not really, because uh, VOIP companies, uh, they have the most um, uh, loyal customer base, uh, which are migrants, Basically, uh, so you're talking example, specifically calling card companies that, yeah, cater, yeah. that cater to migrants and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, of course, okay, okay. in the previous ten years, for example, uh, these YP companies which are selling uh, calling cards, they have a stagnation of uh, their user base. Uh, it doesn't grow anymore because people are using smartphones with Skype or Weibo or anything else. Mm-hmm. But there are still migrants uh, who are working in USA, for example, from Puerto Rico or from Mexico, and they don't have uh, opportunity to buy a smartphone or a laptop or anything like that to make a call abroad to their homeland uh, to call with their relatives. Because on the other side, relatives doesn't have Skype too, uh, because they don't have uh, a broadband um, connection uh, in mm-hmm. rural areas in Mexico, for example. Mm-hmm. But they still have a landline phone, for example, or even uh, a cellular uh, phone uh, connection in uh, rural areas in Mexico or Nicaragua or anywhere else. So migrants in uh, USA is using YP calling cards. Uh, to call to their home. And we are proposing these companies to enable money transfer option when migrant uh, purchases this card uh, with $10 for callings, for calls, for example, and with additional uh, $200 for remittances. Uh, yeah. 
So it's very interesting you say that because I firmly believe that's a fantastic way of doing things, but there is an inherent problem and that's licensing. How do you plan to tackle that? Because sending money, uh, you may be licensed for selling you know, VoIP cards and calling cards, but sending money clearly in the US, for example, requires money transmitter licenses, which these calling card companies do not have. So how do you plan to cater to that problem? Yeah, absolutely. We're uh, looking forward for partners with uh, money transferring license in USA. Uh, and our um, uh, advantage is that we can know our customers, uh, in, even immigrants who are uh, selling money uh, with this service uh, to their home. Because to send money, they have to show at first their documents purchasing this uh, card with additional money for money transfers. Mm-hmm. for remittances, and we will enroll, uh, so we will uh, sign up their voice data, right, uh, in retail store where they purchase um, this card. For this um, operation, nothing else like a smartphone is needed. So we have their uh, passport copy, for example, which is needed for money transfers. So you, you're doing very mm-hmm. good on the send side and the receive side on as far as AML and KYC is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. So we're not, uh, we're not doing uh, 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 we're doing personalized uh, money transfers, which are not incognito. So mm-hmm. we know our customers, and that's uh, part of our platform because we know that. Uh, we should be uh, friends with governments because, of course... Of course, uh, you don't want to bypass the laws. Yeah, I get it. Of course. Okay. Is remittance going to be the only thing? Are you going to be adding more products to the service? Because presumably, if you're plugged into so many telcos, all it needs is essentially a software update and you can basically update the wallets and the service offering. Any other products that you might want to talk about that will be coming? Uh, yeah, we are looking forward for uh, enabling uh, e-commerce payments uh, with our payment platform uh, after remittances. Uh, and um, we see big opportunity in developing countries and even in uh, already developed countries like USA or Europe, where there are a lot of hype with on-demand economy. Mm-hmm. When you have... Um, basically, applications, smartphone applications, which can make your uh, taxi hire or food um, delivery, like Uber or Flipkart or any other um, popular company which is uh, in this uh, domain. Uh, but the main problem with this company is that they have to spend uh, about 3% from their revenue for paying for money transfer for paying processing. Because they are charging their customers from uh, Visa, Mastercard, or any other uh, bank card, which which costs quite a lot, like three percent, and it's really really big on revenue. And we're aiming to bring telcos to this cost, uh, to these companies like Uber, for example, mm. and to enable uh, cheap uh, money transfer directly from uh, telco billing without any additional um, hassles connecting uh, banking card to... So you will actually be integrating natively in the Uber app as a payment option? 
We have uh, API uh, in our platform, uh, which uh, is uh, quite uh, familiar. We should be quite familiar to everybody who have uh, already integrated Stripe API. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really simple to implement, um, but uh, on a backend, we have integration with billing account, and money is um, cleared from billing account and not from bank. And for end customers, we suppose it's really easier too because when you enroll, when you, you when you are installing Uber app for first time, for example, you don't need to input any additional information like your 16 uh, digits of your uh, bank card with yep, CCV yep. and all this stuff. There's already your phone number which you remember. And you can just pick it up. Yeah, you can just pick up the native phone number on which the app is running. Yeah, absolutely, and that's all. And for uh, authorizing uh, your enrollment or your payment is just uh, just speaking yeah, just voice, just voice. Yeah. amazing amazing uh, so uh, two questions before we end the interview one question is is it live anywhere right now well it's live in our uh, testing facilities on our servers we are showing our uh, front end and back end to partners Mm -hmm. uh, just to show how it works and I should um, admit that we are open source technology Uh, I hadn't mentioned it uh, yet in our interview so uh, every our customer or potential partner can review code and uh, to look how it's implemented to just be sure that there are no uh, uh, you know problems with the code that we are not uh, tackling with this uh, core and wife system when it sh- when it's implemented, mm-hmm. uh, so it's open source like it should be. And and, and it, it, does that open source also mean that the wallet on the app that's downloaded on the phone can also be white labeled and changed and everything? Yeah, absolutely. It's and all this without cost if they want to do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have an option for our uh, partners like telcos; uh, they can take our solution. And to implement it by themselves, if they feel sure, if they have uh, workforce for this task, but they can uh, just uh, ask us for this integration, uh, like hire us for this project, and we act like uh, a project development company mm-hmm. in these terms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we provide uh, assurance that it works, uh, we support our integration, and we uh, updated with uh, updating infrastructure on the side of telco. For example, when telco updates their billing software, which doesn't occur too often, but sometimes it happens, uh, we should update our integration too, Mm. just to make sure that everything works like it should do. And... um, that's the point of our company. We are developers of, of software. We're integrating this software for uh, telcos. And um, in our long-term plan, when we have a lot of telcos uh, which are connected to our payment platform, we have a lot of end customers, like subscribers, uh, which we know each other with help of telcos. And that's... Um, that's when we would like to implement our flagship product, which is called Customer Intelligence Exchange, uh, which helps merchants who are connected to this our payment platform, uh, which are 
receiving payments from customers for their products or services, mm-hmm. uh, they can just uh, trade with uh, each other, like merchant to merchant with data, customer intelligence, uh, on uh, prospecting customers. For example, when I'm buying a Mercedes-Benz car, for example, uh, my dealership can trans- uh, can uh, sell uh, data about me, which is not, uh, which is, um, which doesn't have my name on it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Has, it, it, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's obfuscated data, but you're selling yeah, your, basically your, your, your buying patterns and your behavioral patterns. Out yeah, that. absolutely. Uh, it can be sold to an insurance company uh, automatically uh, without any core, without any problems, because right now uh, this customer data uh, is sold uh, between companies uh, in manual, semi-manual mode when they have to uh, process a lot of customer about their customers and to sync it up with each other. It, it takes time and a lot of effort. And what we're aiming to do uh, in three to five years is this customer intelligence exchange, uh, which will have, which will help uh, merchants uh, to better spend their marketing uh, budgets for. More targeted advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's the most targeted advertising because it's based on uh, payment data, mm. uh, what and what and who has purchased, and how regularly, for example. Uh, that's the point which is which uh, is um, uh, interesting for many players, including PayPal or Facebook, uh, with David Marcus, who, who is um, heading Messenger application in Facebook, and uh, they're trying to uh, fo- make a footstep in offline business, but we're trying the same too with our technology like blockchain mm. and mm. voice biometrics. And uh, uh, one uh, last thing, I, I did uh, sort of go through your website, but I couldn't see any phone screens or examples. Would you be placing such things so that we, people can see exactly how uh, you know the uh, screen images are on the phone and how money is sent, etc. cetera? Uh, yeah, we plan to launch a live demo uh, in several months, I suppose in July, when we will roll out our commercial uh, project for first customer, which we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will uh, roll out live demo on our website where everybody can just try how it looks, uh, how it works, uh, with uh, from their cell phone or from their uh, desktop or tablet or any other device which has internet connection. Mm. And uh, in September, I suppose, we will roll out our IVR solution, uh, which will have inbound uh, calling number, so anybody can call uh, and talk with our IVR. They can enroll their voice, for example, Okay. and try how it works without any uh, web interface or any interface at all, uh, excluding uh, uh, voice interface. Mm. So they just So perfect for uh, feature phones or, or people who are not too savvy on uh, smartphones, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, perfect for landlines too. For example, when you have uh, a merchant in a rural area where you have only a landline, for example, which was... Um, uh, made, for example, 40 years ago with electricity, mm-hmm. which was uh, transmitters' uh, 
country uh, to this um, rural area, uh, they can use it too because what we need uh, is just a uh, connection for uh, establishing phone call. That's, that's all. Mm-hmm. Well, Constantine, thank you very much for taking time out this afternoon to talk to us. Uh, Thanks, we'll, we'll be putting up more information on the blog and the post once it goes up. And thank you very much. And we'll speak to you later. Thank you. Thank you, Faisal. Thanks. Bye-bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lauren. Mike. So we host a podcast for Wired called Gadget Lab. We do. We do. (laughs) Yes, that is correct. (laughs) Tell the good people some more about it. Well, I think the good people should definitely tune in every week because they get to hear me roasting you. Hey, now. All right. No, really, what Gadget Lab is, is Mike and I tackling the biggest questions in the world of technology. I like to think of it as the best of Wired's journalism, but in audio form. We cover the big news of the week in tech land, but we also offer our expert analyses and opinions on all things consumer tech, whether that's mobile apps, hardware, startups, cryptocurrency. Mike, what's been a recent highlight episode for you? We did a deep dive on the group behind the massive Okta hack. We mm-hmm. also had a great conversation about Web3 and the metaverse. What stands out for you? Never metaverse you didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed our recent podcast about Peloton. Um, and recently, the legendary tech journalist Kara Swisher joined us to talk all about Elon Musk and the future of Twitter. So I guess we should tell people how they can listen to our pod. We release a new episode of Gadget Lab every week, and you can listen and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you pod.